2: hello everybody <laughs> the way that you just looked at me and posed as if you you <laughs> What did I do, John? I don't know. It was it was a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna yuck your yum. Yes, and you better pose, bitch. Mm-hmm. Work beat down. Yeah. I saw Billy Porter on the street a couple weeks ago, and I'm still feeling myself from it. Oh, this I'm is an not epis- appropriation. <laughs> I'm is an
1: episode, episode I'm behind, but I watched the episode last night where he had some. What? I'm super behind. Are you super behind? Okay. I'll just say. Uh, he gets his for a little bit. There's a little How Stella Got Her Groove Back on Pose. Oh. Yeah, with, mis- with Mr. Uh, with Mr. Billy. Billy Porter. Yeah, I still wish I liked the show more. But you know what? Yeah, I'm going to keep watching. This
2: season, that's why I'm a bit behind this season's. Wait, who are we? What is this? I
1: don't know anymore. Welcome to Broadway Breakdown. I am a full person today, Mr. Matt Koplik, as opposed to your other co-host. <laughs> who's barely a zygote. John was Hi, and everybody. welcome. We're starting uh, in our purest form today, um, after a little hiatus, uh, <laughs> which is honestly just—it's par for the course with us. Like work, I—you know how I think of us. We are, like, that cool band that never mm. announces, like, when they're performing. You just mm. kind of have to figure it out because they do pop-ups all the time. Yeah. That's us and this podcast. We are a pop-up podcast.
2: Yeah, and I, th- I also think we're very similar uh, to a band in the sense that every time we call one of us going to rehab, we call it a hiatus. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Or, like, just you know, any time uh, one of us is in the corner crying about life and existence, we're like... Uh, we're We're like Matt get
2: it together (laughs) get it together Matt
1: uh yeah that is that is us anyway
2: hi John it's been a little bit it's been a mo it's been a mo for these two mo's um I yeah how are you doing let's start with you
1: (laughs) well John, (laughs) I'm so happy I can set you up with this uh I
2: really want to follow my act
1: No, this is going to work out quite nicely for you. Um, I am fine. I'm currently getting over a bit of a cold. I know, I'm Uh, sorry. It's fine. I uh, am sort of in development with some projects, which is fun, but it's that whole like hurry up and wait situation where it's like, you take a lot of meetings, everybody's very interested, and now you have to sit around and wait so they can get their shit together. Yep. But you want to know the best thing about all of it? What? I can't complain at all because I'm sitting next to you. You're sitting next to
2: patient zero.
1: Yeah. I mean. <laughs> so if you had any semblance of uh, pity for me and my cold and my waiting around, it's going to get torn to fucking pieces. <laughs> Just like Elaine Stritch's vocal cords. I don't know.
2: I was going to say lot. somebody current. You had, you had but a lot of doubt in your eyes when you said that. Well, because I was
1: going to say someone current and then I backed out of it almost like the moment I started saying a late stretch.
2: Don't doubt yourself. You're on stage with Jennifer Lewis. <laughs> you Get yourself not. together. <laughs> uh, I re- I'll never regret telling you that story. I just heard it. I honestly don't even want to tell the listeners. Maybe, no. we'll, maybe we'll, end, we'll end this because we've never told it on here. What the that ge- story? No, I just so should, I just, just told it to you now. I know. Do you think I remember anything? <laughs> no. No. Um, um, at the end, we'll fill you in on that little, on that little Easter tip. egg. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, so for me, right now, where I am in my current place in life, if I'm being my truest I self, swear to God, I'm <laughs> gonna gonna fucking strangle you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's it's where my life's going, anyways.
1: <sighs> um, Are you? Do you, no. you plan to hook up with
2: Andy Carl anytime soon? Um, maybe maybe. maybe, maybe. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna take that off the take that hot dog off the plate. If you know what I
1: mean.
2: Huh. I that, don't know that that peach can stay in
1: my bed anytime. <laughs> call me by your name, right?
2: I know, but also like, great. Yeah, I know they were on a peach farm, blah blah blah. But like, peaches in beds. Just uh, who would right. ever eat a peach in bed? It's so it's so messy. I mean, and I get that was like his little like jerk off bed. Like we've all been there. Yeah, we all have our we little. We all barn. had a little jerk off. bed. We all bed. had our little barn jerk off bed. Yeah, we we get it. We all ben. had a little. Ben. A ben. L- ben. <laughs> we all ben. had a little lone
1: mattress in, in the attic that nobody goes to. Side <laughs> um, uh, so note: We'll get to how John's doing in a hot second because believe me, it's a fucking three act opera. But uh, the recent Little Women trailer dropped, <gasps> yes. which side note I'm not really here for only because I'm for. Well I'm sure of course you are. Oh, I've fuck well, I got you. a million <laughs> texts about it because everyone's like, it's so on brand for you. It's really on brand for John. Um I'm obsessed with the nineties Little Women. That one has been important I've to me. I've like, never seen it. Oh, it's delightful. And it's That's Winona writer yeah. And Claire Dane, Susan Saranic, Kirsten Dunst like everybody. Christian Bale. Oh. Yeah, that one was very important to me for most of my life. So like I have no need for yeah. a new little women. I get even that. though I do love everyone in it. Uh but I <laughs> Also telling people, like, I cannot not look at Timothy Chalamet's face anymore and not just think about how he comes into a peach. Like, it's just, he could be like, Social Ronan, marry me, little women. And I'm just like, you came in a peach.
0: Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. You're a
2: Coolidge dollar. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've... Been, I was the first like public place I was transparent with my journey with cancer. (laughs) You can't see
1: me, everyone, but I literally just buried my
2: face in the pillow. It's not my fault. I have to eat a lot, and I haven't had an an attitude. Oh my god, I feel like I'm high. I haven't had an appetite, Um, and so literally mere seconds before hitting record on this, I scarfed down an egg salad. wrap. Um, he so. really did. I walked. So I, we are in John's lovely home uh, and the
1: moment I walked in, he said, sorry for the smell. And I said, what smell? And, and all I could smell were uh, Just like essential oil. aromatic yeah.
2: essential oils. Followed I'm, by the stench yeah. of egg salad.
1: So <laughs> it's it's That is, in a nutshell, what gay sex is like, children. Yeah, Um, it is. Yes, essential oils followed by egg salad. Also, uh, I'm not sure how this is going to sound in the final product, so if the sound quality is odd, we apologize. I am currently recording on my laptop via a beautiful uh, blue snowball mic, and John is recording into his phone.
2: Well, I'm recording from a, uh, uh, what are these things called? Uh, uh, Not a lapel um, mic, but a, a lap mic. A lap mic. Okay. Um I'm recording <gasps> I'm recording from a lap mite because my computer that I normally would use to record has been so on the fritz. I actually recently just got a new one, but the new one doesn't have GarageBand on it, and I actually like don't know even how to use the new one yet. So um, this is all to say that I am looking right now and garageBand is starting, so I might take a second and like switch over. but yeah, so what I was starting to say before my absolute trash body got in the- my absolute trash raccoon body got in the way and I burped, was I the first place that I was like really other than like Friends and Loved Ones was publicly transparent with my battle with cancer just sounds so dramatic. Um but
1: my uh my journey
2: goal. with cancer, I guess. Um this was one of the first places that I publicly shared it. Um and so you know, it, it, it's it's been it's been a road. I was, I we recorded our episode with Sutton while I was in rehearsals. I don't know if at mm-hmm. that point or we had no. You were you've been doing the show. That one, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You had just opened, and so um, very shortly after, surprise, surprise, we got our closing notice. I was actually not. You know, it, it's a very hard time to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. It was a off Broadway musical with no like huge star names, and even um I mean. We got our closing notice the same week as Broadway Bounty Hunter with like Annie Golden and like it's yeah. a joy kind of show. like it all helped like ease the blow but like I w- <coughs> excuse me it was a ve- it was a our show was a huge cast musicals are expensive they y'all are expensive. very expensive and John specifically don't come cheap despite no, what you might have heard I'm c- I come expensive yeah. I or come, you don't come at or all or I come in a in a barn in a loft next to Timothy Chalamet <laughs> it's I, <laughs> a I, barn in a loft a, a loft in a barn. Is that? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Um no, and so so I've been, you know, and so I appreciate that people have reached out and so been very kind. And the reason why like even the last episode we really didn't talk about it a lot was because I um I had my surgery, uh everything was very successful. I am a one ball man and I am proud of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's few of us who get to claim this title and we are proud to wear this badge um, Lance Armstrong. Um, there's a, a famous New York porn star who only has one ball, and I've actually watched his videos and didn't even know he had one ball until someone told me about it. God, like, Steve on Sex and the City Steve only had on one Sex ball. Steve on Sex and the City. Idina Menzel only one ball. <laughs> um, and so I've been wearing it. I've been wearing it very proudly. <laughs> I knew you'd <laughs> like that one. I uh, did. <laughs> um, so I've been wearing it very, very proudly. Um, and I've been very lucky that, you know, I, I go in, I've been going to Sloan Kettering, which is like the tops for this bottoms. No. I, mean, I mean, it's like, it's truly, they've been amazing. Um, do you think that all of this in your genital
1: area is God's way of telling you that you should be topping instead of bottoming? Someone actually asked
2: me that recently. Really, I'm legitimately? Not, I'm not kidding. They were like, do you think this is like a, something? And I, I was like, I was like, mom, shut <laughs> up. Ah, <laughs> Um, I'm actually also going to try to smoothly transition over into, because I into got it top. working. Not of top. top. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of psycho do you think I am? No, um, I'm going to transition into this new mic, so let's try. Three, two, two one. one. I think we're good. Okay. So I'm, gonna, I'm still going to
1: save this. Your computer's like the angel and Angels in America telling you to stop moving.
2: Yes. Billy, I made a demo with you. Okay. Let's just, let's just do us just. again. It also apparently wants me to be a top. So I've been going to Sloan Kettering. <laughs> That's the point that it keeps freezing up, but it's didn't this time. I've been going to Sloan Kettering, and um, they've been amazing. And I've been getting my blood tests every week, and I've been going in for a lot of cat scans and chest x-rays and mm. a lot of things that just affirm how um, skinny and beautiful my bones are. And um, truly, truly, Close. and so with this uh, form of cancer, there's this thing in your blood uh, that males produce. That, that was one of the markers that they were like were able to diagnose me from. It's called your AFP number. I, th- I believe I maybe talked about it last time. Um, everyone's number is supposed to be eight or under. My number before I got the surgery was in the eight thousands, so I was like a thousand times more than what you should be. Mm-hmm. So um, so all my, every week after you get the surgery and the tumor removed, you are uh, supposed to go in, get blood work, and your blood le- that blood level is supposed to go down by half every week. Mm-hmm. So the week after the surgery, it was supposed to be down to 4,000, and then the next week, 2,000, so on, so on. So basically, I was super excited last week because I was supposed to get my clean bill of health on Thursday, and uh, you know... I had, like, a super, like, exciting Facebook post planned about, like, guys, how many of you do know this? I'm a balling gummer. And that's, how, that's mm-hmm. my voice online. I hope that is how you read most I of do, the things I, do that I write. I do read it that way. I do read your voice um, a lot higher. Yeah. So uh, I I went in and I – well, one of the first things that was weird was I, I went and checked my uh, – you have an online portal through mm-hmm. – excuse me, Sloan Mm Kettering, wasted. And um, in the very last minute, they changed my follow-up appointment to a CAT scan and a follow-up appointment. And I was like, you know, sure, they're just being careful. Sure. Had the CAT scan, always super fun when they inject you with iodine for the contrast because it feels like like fire going through your blood. Um, You, like, feel it spread through you. And, but it was very cold in the office, and so, fun fact, if you ever get a CAT scan or a CT scan, um, and they offer you a blanket, take it, because they Mm. offered me a blanket because it was cold, and I was like, bitch. My whole world is cold. Right, I'm like, well, I'm gay, bitch, like, all in a day. (laughs) Like, you think, you think... The cold literally never bothered me anyway. Oh, my
0: God. I'm like, going
2: to fucking literally punch you. bit. Um, and so I didn't take it. And they have to d- put some saline in your IV before they do the iodine to kind of, like, make sure that, you know, it's in, it's going incorrectly, blah, 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 blah. They start putting... And normally the saline feels like nothing. They start putting the saline in. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What are you doing to me? She's like, oh, are you cold? I was like, quite. And she was like, your blood vessels are constricted. She's like, um... It's your, your, uh, IV is fine, but I will warn you, the contrast is going to burn more than usual. And I was like, okay, I got this. She st- she's like, okay, I'm putting it in now. And I was like, ah, <laughs> just like screaming. It hurts so bad. And so, so that was like a really fun way to start the day. And so then I, I run over cause I was super late for my follow-up appointment because of how long that took and i had a matinee that day we randomly had a thursday matinee last week and um i walk up and i'm like hey i'm already like gonna be late for half hour like do you, I, i'm gonna be late for work can you can we get me in as soon as possible and he was like sure so they get me in super quickly my doctor who looks like larry david comes in and the first thing he says is he goes oh you're alone and i was like yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and then he was like um did you, have you thought about sperm banking? Do you want to sperm bank? I don't remember. Did we talk about this? And I was like, um, what, 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 what are you talking about? What, what, what's going on? So he was like, oh, okay. Um, I guess he was like going to like, he, uh, he was originally just checking on a and then was about to come back in, but he instead he was like, oh, something's not right. So he closed the door. So, um, They've known this the whole time since my surgery, but they either told me and I just didn't understand what they meant, which is a possibility. Mm. You know me. Yeah. I know you I, and I don't know science. So I, like, I barely know what's going on. In <laughs> on these moment. podcasts. In, exactly. So he starts talking and spouting out all these big words. And he's like, and then he starts being like, so basically like your three choices are blah, 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 blah. And they were all really scary. And I was like, I'm sorry pause like what is going on and he was like well we identified vascular invasion with your tumor and I was like well that sounds not threatening Mm -hmm. Um, and so basically vascular invasion means that it was found um, on uh, testicular cancer has a very uh, specific pattern that it goes in uh, which is why it's also a very treatable form of cancer like breast cancer we were talking about a little bit earlier um because of its location um it kind of just like automatically spreads wherever it kind of wants to go Mm. testicular cancer the first place that it spreads is your lymph nodes these very specific lymph nodes in your abdomen um and then then it spreads willy-nilly let's let's go to town
0: yeah
2: so um basically they identified that my lucky little lymph nodes had been uh, attacked and that the cancer had spread to them. Um, And so basically I had three choices. Uh, Do nothing, which I have a 50, 50% chance of like relapsing horribly. Chemo, which they don't actually recommend or an RPLND it's called, it's the surgery where they cut me from my breastbone to my pelvis. Um, you know, hold me open like a frog on a science table and, uh, it's like a five to eight hour surgery and they go in and they remove a bunch of lymph nodes from the back of my abdomen. Um, and so luckily if you do that, you will, I only have a 5% chance of relapsing, which is much better than 50. And like when he told, he was like kind of telling me all this and like more, but like I I was barely understanding. I was trying to write down quickly because I was alone. Um and I knew I had to get out of there. And so I was like, can I have a day to think about it? He was like, sure. Thought about it for the day, my family and my loved ones, blah, blah, blah. We all did like a ton of research. We talked about it. And you know, at first I was like 50, 50, actually, you know, it's a flip of a coin, Mm. but I was like, is that a chance that I'm willing to take? And then I was thinking about it more. One of the reasons why I developed testicular cancer is because I had calcium deposits on my testicle. And these calcium deposits only had a 10% chance of turning can- cancerous. So I've already faced 90-10. Yeah. And I've been in the bad. It was quite easy to be in the bad. Quite easy. Didn't try very hard. And then only 30% of people with this form of cancer have vascular invasion. So I was like, all right, that's already 70-30. Yeah. I'm in the bad. So suddenly 50-50, like...
1: That pool has become so wide.
2: Yeah, it seems like not great. So, you know... we we did research and I called them the next day asked a bunch of questions because um, I had to have them explain a couple things to me mm. and I've been waiting to tell the world about this because I think it's something that more people should know about
1: about cancer
2: about you just about life that this is even a possibility because mm. didn't know this could happen so like I said, they go in, they remove all these lymph nodes. I have to eat, um, lucky side, I have to eat a lot of fatty foods right now because it makes my lymph nodes bigger. Mm. Um, downside, I haven't really had an appetite the last couple of days, so uh, it's been weird. Yeah, you like have to feed um, yourself. Yeah.
1: Which isn't, you know,
2: against the norm for you. No, 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 no. But, uh, <laughs> but... Uh, afterwards I won't be able to eat for about four days because my intestines will be so like swollen mm-hmm. I won't like want to eat or be able to because they will literally be moving my intestines around I was like this feels so weird um, daddy I daddy <laughs> and so uh, I was like okay you know like not being able to eat and I was like so uh, but we were talking and people had, like been throwing this word around and uh, before I officially said yes I was just like I need an actual explanation of what this is cuz people kept throwing around the term retroactive ejaculation
1: ha! <laughs> I
2: I just suddenly started paying attention again and uh uh-huh, uh uh-huh. and um I think the world needs to know about this because I think it is hysterical <laughs> so B- the nerves that control the valve that release semen into your penis um, from, you know, your yes. your testes and everything. Uh, those nerves are intertwined with your lymph nodes and your abdomen. Fun fact. So with this procedure, they have nerve sparing techniques where they try to spare it. Like this used to be much more common, much more common to happen to men who had the surgery. Mm-hmm. Um but they now have these nerve-sparing techniques where they don't have to slice the nerves. If they do, um, for most people, if they get it, this only lasts like a month or so, and then it heals. Some people, it's long-term. It might last a year. I, it's rare that it's permanent, but I guess it is a possibility. But so, because these nerves might be severed, and this valve might not know to open, there's, they had to s- tell me that... Um, If I ever do this thing that's called an orgasm that I hear happens when you fuck a peach, um, instead of ejaculating out the penis, um, the semen goes into my bladder, and I would pee it out. So if this happens to me, and I come,
1: (laughs) If. That's a big if for you. If.
2: I I will be peeing outcome (laughs) can you believe well john uh,
1: we've always talked about how much of a slut you are i guess now it'll just
2: like be scientifically true i i I, like what what kind of weird like just i mean like i honestly it's one of those things that someone explains it to you and you're like where's the camera i'm you you can't You're pulling my, you're pulling my leg. I mean... I cannot, I'm not going to pee, I'm not going to pee cum. Oh, it might pee cum? Okay, might pee cum. Good to know. On the bright side,
1: I think we just found the title for our episode. (laughs) Might pee cum? No, a retroactive ejaculation, a cancer musical. (laughs) Oh, it'd be good. Yeah, that'll probably be the title.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I like Um, that. No, I mean, also the musical.
1: Yeah, that'll be, well, that'll be... uh, our next project when you come back from... Upstairs. I want
2: song, Pee What I Wanna Pee. I'll pee, pee what I wanna, I wanna pee. pee. I love what I wanna I don't need you to tell me what's
0: true. If you don't
1: like it, daddy, you can Oh,
2: this is a theater podcast. Yeah, I it's remember. a theater podcast.
1: So now that we've, we've indulged John and his stupid... Oh, shut the fuck well, up. You not so you called. You called it. You called it your battle of cancer. I I I said not my battle. No, no. But I, I think the better way to describe it is that cancer is like a really uncooperative scene partner with you. Oh my god, so much. That's so. really what it is. It's less that of a battle, and more just you're trying to work out this scene, and cancer is like mm, you're trying to say yes, and and cancer like no. Be
2: selfish.
1: Yeah, be selfish. Uh, what this means for the pod, for those of you who are wondering, will this mean no more Broadway breakdown? No. Probably because I'm done with John. No. Um. You're actually going to get a couple of my obsessions in the future while John recuperates, because mm-hmm. when he comes back, even though he'll have time on his hands, I want him to be his best self.
2: Yeah, um, I probably need like a month, a month and a half before yeah. I. Don't
1: don't you yeah. worry, kid. There are many actors, writers, directors just dying to tell the world what they're obsessed with, and for me to just sit there and judge. You're right. Um, yeah, uh, so I'll be doing that next week while you're lying on a hospital bed, sewn up. Uh, but thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers.
2: Thanks. I get like a girdle too to keep my innards in. The oh my god! Oh,
1: uh, John, what I would give for a girdle and have it be like medically induced. A medically induced girdle would be phenomenal.
2: Yeah. Uh, I will say, so uh, not to come back to it, but I do want to really quickly. Uh, just um cancer. There's no skinny like cancer skinny. No. It's just people keep being like you look so good and i'm like cancer (laughs) i I truly don't know what else to say to it i'm like i try to eat i can't um even when i do eat i can't seem to keep it on i'm down to the lowest that i've been since college which Mm. i'm not pleased with no um but let me tell you like yeah so theater we (laughs) this that again yes uh
1: So the last time John and I were alone in a room talking about theater was after the Tony Awards, and we talked about the Tony Awards, but we didn't really, like, reflect on this past season. No. Um, And I think we should, because I know that I've seen a lot, uh, and I've ended up uh, reflecting a lot on this season, because as some of you know, as I was reminding John recently, I do write cast album reviews, (laughs) uh, some of which I'm sure – People find controversial, like my opinions on Heather's and Amelie. Uh, but I was—I was just recently listening to the cast albums for Mean Girls and, more relevantly, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, um, yes. And I was telling John how I saw Beetlejuice on stage, had a fucking ball. Yeah, uh, I like, can't
2: wait to see it. I've heard it's so fun. It is
1: so much fun. Um, surprisingly raunchy. Uh, like oh, I'm a not lot of mad. R-rated humor that, like, I'm not mad about. Just it was. It caught me a bit off guard, because the movie... When was the last time you saw the movie? I've never seen the movie. You've never seen the movie? No. You would like the movie a great deal. I know. Um, I have time to watch it. Yes, you do. Um, I mean, it's, like, really what made Tim Burton famous. Um, and, like, gave, and gave him his signature style. And the whole, like, uh, idea behind the movie is that it deals with death, but in a very dry... Uh, Humorous kind of way So it's all It's got like a Rye sensibility about it Yeah Um, I love Rye Yeah we all I love Rye I love it I love bread that's Rye And I love my humor Rye But the musical Is very like High energy Like in your face Constantly trying To just like make jokes And make sure you have A good time And that's great But it's a very different Sensibility Like the opening scene is a funeral mm-hmm. and Sophia and caruso's mom has died and she sings this really br- beautiful ballad called invisible and it's got some like motifs that are similar to the music in the movie but then alex brightman comes out and he goes holy shit a ballad already mm-hmm. and then like the rest of the show is just that um and he sings like about w- doing cocaine and having threesomes and he's constantly hitting on rob mcclure in the show It's oh, like thank God. oh he's like adam you're so boring but damn it you're sexy and keeps pinching his ass it's Great, um, yeah. But I, I remember seeing it. And I was like, I don't know if this show's like actually good or if I'm just having a good time. But listening to the album to review it, I was like, it's quite good
2: actually. Mm. Um, like yeah, I loved the album from what because I only listened to it a little bit but loved it. Yeah, no, I
1: mean the music's catchy. It it all builds in a really good way because one of the things I think I talked about it last year when I saw Mean Girls for the first time, reviewing the Mean Girls cast album. It's fun. Like I'd recommend it, but like a lot of the songs for me. Don't have like a strong enough build that it's like exciting. Like the it always starts off I well. Felt, I
2: felt that as well. Yeah, yeah, like
1: it starts off well, and then it, and it ends with these big high belted notes. But like getting to it just sort of feels kind of filler, like, filler, 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 filler. Yeah, exactly. It's like melody, 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 up the octave, end. yeah. Um, but Beetlejuice, I found that the songs actually had like a nice build to them. They had a progression to them. Uh, the lyrics are genuinely funny. Yeah, yeah, and uh. Yeah, like th- it's definitely gonna be divisive. Not everyone's gonna love that kind of sen- uh, that kind of sense of humor, but if you like are willing to just sort of ride with it, yeah, it's it's a good ride. It tops you good sometimes.
2: Well, here's the thing: if you, I mean, if they're listening to this podcast, they obviously have that kind of just uh, church mouse sense of humor that mm. we share. Absolutely. Um, the- so I we I don't know if I should recommend it to my brethren and sister in mm. um. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. I, I don't know I, what I, to recommend I can't, I can't, people. I can't wait to see it. I, I, I've heard it's so much fun. I love the cast album. Yeah. Um, uh, what was the last thing you've seen on, on the Theater Ways, John? I saw Wicked last night. Yes, you did. Um, the show still holds. still green. Oh, um, did
1: you see Broadway Bounty Hunter? Because I did.
2: I didn't. No, I've heard words about Broadway Bounty Hunter. Yeah. That um, explain things in it that... Are, it's it was a show. It was a show. I, I saw it and it was
1: a show. I will say two things. I think it well for me two things means like nine things. But
2: no. What? Uh
1: it's a really weird idea and I don't mean weird like bad. I mean I'm totally into it. Is it the that idea. she's
2: like looking for Bernadette Peters?
1: No, but like that's what I thought. Did we? No, I, I was texting Mike about this, not you. Uh-huh. After I saw it, I was like, I don't know what I was expecting. Like, I thought she was going to be, like, a bounty hunter for Broadway musicals or something like that. Yeah. No. She, like, Annie Golden plays herself. Oh, uh, Like, okay. a fictionalized version of herself. Sure. Um, But it's all about how, like, her career is going nowhere, which is, like, hilarious to us because in real life, Annie Golden's career has never been better. She's been on right. Orange is the New Black and Violet and has right. this now. But basically, like, Annie Golden
2: revival has been glorious to watch. Absolutely, it's the golden age of
1: Annie Golden. It's the Annie Golden age.
2: Yeah, yes, it is. Annie Golden age. Uh,
1: But yeah, so like, she gets recruited to be a bounty hunter, like a real bounty hunter. But the whole show, they don't use the term anymore because it's a little problematic to have a musical reference black exploitation movies and have a white female protagonist. Yeah, um, instead of like, instead of an actual like, I don't know. uh, Cynthia Arivo or Renee Elise Goldsberry but like the other thing about exploitation movies is that they aren't necessarily PC and no. so if you try to be PC about it it's, it's it's fine it's fine that's the genre they're going for but it should be a 90 minute musical and it's like a two hour plus two act musical yeah um also there's a sight gag in the show cause those, those of you who do know who Annie Golden is know she's the original squeaky from assassins yep it's one of her biggest claim to fame. She shows up to her first day of bounty hunter training in an assassin sweatshirt. And I was the only person in the theater who laughed at it. Like, I think it took everybody a minute to, like, realize what it was. But I let out such a guttural like, laugh. oh, I
2: have the same sweatshirt, Annie Golden. <laughs> Annie Golden. That's my
1: sweatshirt. <laughs> Steelers, I literally just went, uh And I was with my editor who then laughed at me laughing, and then everybody started laughing at me laughing?
2: No, I don't believe that. Who th- could laugh at you?
1: God, it. Th- the same thing happened though when I saw Aladdin. Uh, did you ever see Aladdin? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you don't. I mean, you don't need to. But I think I mentioned it before. There is a line in Aladdin where Jafar says to him, "Aladdin, don't you understand? You are the chosen one." Aladdin goes, "I think the chosen people are a few hundred miles to the west." And uh. the New Amsterdam Theater is a theater of 1,700 people. And I saw Aladdin in its first year on Broadway. So it was a full house. I was the only one who laughed at that joke. But it wasn't a laugh of, like, that's genuinely funny. More of a laugh of, I can't believe they made that joke. And so it was the similar, ha kind of thing. And then everybody laughed at that. You dumb bitch. <laughs> I'm such a
2: dumb bitch. You dumb stupid, bitch. Stupid, stupid bitch.
1: Um, sorry. So Wicked and then what
2: was the other one? <laughs> We, you I, were talking about Broadway Boundary. Yeah, Hunter. I know, I'm I am trying to know. think of the thing that I, I... just stole the floor what from have you. I, what have I seen You just talked that? about
1: cancer for a very long time, so I need to take
2: the floor. Sorry. Back. No, I mean, you can keep talking about the shows that you saw. I'm, uh, you keep talking about your shows, and I'll think about what I've seen. All
1: right, I'll keep talking about... Uh, I'll go into some things that I did not like, uh, and because I'm me, I'm very honest about it. I yeah. saw Pretty Woman, finally. Man, I kept on... You
2: didn't like...
1: I kept entering the lottery and I kept entering it for two tickets because I wanted to go with you and I kept uh, losing and I finally said, "What if I cut my dead weight and then apply for one?" And I applied for one and I won the fucking lottery. That 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 tracks. It absolutely tracks. That tracks. And I won and I saw and I saw the entire cast. Like no, I will give them credit. It was um, a Tuesday night in June. Right before the Tony Awards And everyone was in Not a goddamn understudy And I give them credit for that Yeah But That aside I have Like I can name on maybe one I can list I can list on one hand The number of people That cast that night That gave it their all And I'm not throwing shade Because Broadway's hard And it could have just been An off night Right But like I give credit to Samantha Barks Who really like Worked hard and tried I give credit to Orfe Who I can't say gave a good performance But like Every time she was on stage She was like Pay attention Um They were like Yeah I don't know I don't know I, I want to just say it Was trash And not But I don't want to be mean But at the same time I was just very angry Watching it
2: Yeah I, I still don't understand How it, How it survived The mass Closidess like, Well I mean it, it is closing Oh it is It is It, it, closes, it, it closes this week Wait it is Yeah Oh, it's one like, of the many. Oh, I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. I must have just forgotten about. I, I don't think about the show off. I, I, honestly, where, I'm where not kidding. You? The I can count probably on more hands than you could of the people that were like giving fucks. I could probably count on two or three hands the amount of times in the last month alone that I have walked by that theater and gone, "Wait, it's so open? Right? Right?
1: Well, it's okay. So, as everybody knows, there's the big mass exodus of. Of Broadway, Broadway right. always the,
2: goes. the the August massacre. The August massacre. Mm. Let's not use that
1: word. Um, the aug <laughs> the aug- Oh the, no, you're right. Um, Sorry. Summer cleaning. we America. It's, we can't. It's, we no, can't. we can't use that word. It's uh okay. It's not Broadway spring cleaning. It's Broadway summer cleaning. Like it's cle- Broadway's cleaning house right now. Yeah. Um, which or Broadway is Broadway sad.
2: Broadway sad emoji.
1: Sure. Um, it's all just sort of a lot of things have lined up. So like last week, the prom and be more chill closed. Uh, this week uh, Pretty Woman King Kong and The Share Show close Uh, and Broadway Bounty Hunter and Broadway Bounty Hunter
2: yes yeah because we closed last week and they closed a week after us because I was like once again made us feel much better Mm, (laughs) we're mm. like everything's closing everything's closing (laughs) it's fine Um,
1: yeah like it's they were doing okay for a while and then they started kind of petering out Uh, and like I'm not one to throw shade at source material if you know a good musical could truly come from anywhere yeah and I don't begrudge the writers for doing a bad job because they'd never written a musical before. Like, how hard they tried, I'll never know. Yeah. How much sway Jerry Mitchell had in getting them to write better material, I'll never know. Yeah. What I will say is that the songs truly added nothing. The mm. lyrics were bland. Um, actually, sorry, our, our friend Mike Bellow talks about the big, like, 11 o'clock number with the main character played by... Uh, Uh, Samantha Barks, where, you know, Julia Roberts, she's a prostitute. She starts dating a rich man, and at the end, she's like, I'm classier than I thought I was. She has an 11 o'clock number called I Can't Go Back. And he says, the song could literally be retitled, I I Won't Be Poor. Um, I Will Not Not Be Poor. I Will Not Not Be Poor. And, like, literally, it fits. You're like, I'm a different girl, and I can't be poor. Like, she won't be poor anymore.
2: Wow, you're correct. Yeah. God, it's also just, it's of that vein of shows that are happening right now that just also... Have problematic storylines, I feel Well I I mean, I don't Once again, I haven't seen Pretty Woman I've never seen the movie I don't know it But, like, there's no way in my mind That, like, there's just uh, There's still some kind of negative connotation Around that, at least to me Sure Of, like, of of This prostitute with a heart of gold And this rich man comes and, like Because that's basically what it is Yeah It's kind of like Pygmalion with prostitutes That's exactly what it is, yeah It's...
1: I, what I think, what makes things "quote unquote" problematic are the attitudes of the story, not necessarily the story themselves. I, I'm, as we've discussed before, I tend to gravitate towards pieces that have like complex characters and conflicted uh, feelings yeah. throughout. Like I, I, just, I eat that shit up with a goddamn spoon. Pretty Woman, the movie, is very much a product of 1990. Of like, have a glamorous movie star play a prostitute that you never see in real life, and you know right. the man. Quote unquote saves her but she saves him right back It's like but does she and does he Like what do either one of them do And the musical rather than like try to Like not fix it But like Make modern audiences See it anew by like maybe Making some tweaks that can delve into it deeper They literally just put the movie on stage And add pop songs So it's problematic Because you're like "Well, well then what are you trying to do The one thing they do to try to make it like more modern is that In the scene where his business associate Tries to take advantage of her In the movie he slaps her and she Just takes it uh, What? Well because like it's the heat of the moment It's a fight and like Richard Gere comes and he punches Jason Alexander like in the nick of time and it's It's Jason Alexander slaps Julia Roberts mm-hmm. Which is like I think wow, another reason I will reason, never see this movie Well it's I think that's one of the reasons why we Why it's, it's dark in the movie but it's not necessarily Horrific because like It's Jason Alexander. It's not like Sylvester Stallone does not come in and beat Julia Roberts up. It's like this tiny little Jewish man trying really hard to be aggressive. And you're like, oh, sweetie. Oh, like you ain't Billy Bigelow. Uh, But in the musical, she like knees him in the groin and punches him in the face. And everyone's like, girl power. And I'm like, she stills relying on the other man to like provide for her in every single way. Yeah. Um, So it's it's. I'm all for equality and girl power, but I'm like actually work hard to do it in a show. Don't just say it and expect me to applaud. Um, Which brings us to the share show.
2: (laughs) I also will just interject now and just be completely transparent just because of rehearsals and the C word. um, I realized that I have not seen a show other than Wicked since before even our Tony's podcast. Like I just, I haven't, I haven't, Been able to see a show Was the last Broadway show you saw The Prom? I think I saw one thing after that I think it was a play and I can't remember what it was But I remember we talked about it on here So so, baby You got the floor Baby it's you (laughs) Share with me What you got about this show
1: (laughs) I've never been more in love With you than this very moment
2: You're welcome A lot of people fall in love with you When when they find out you're dying It's true have people, you ever seen any movie from the 90s? I mean, I'm basically a walk to remember, but I, <gasps> but I'm more like, like a cock to remember. Actually, <laughs> speaking of
1: Richard Gere and, and people falling in love with you as you're dying, have you ever seen Autumn in New York? No.
2: Do you That's, know what I'm talking about? I feel like vaguely, but I, I just... Sometimes those like self-mutilation, masturbatory mm. love stories, oh, I just can Well, so... It's, I just can't. It's like,
1: Richard Gere and Winona Ryder, no. and it's all about a May December romance. Goodbye. Well, so, <laughs> one of the projects I'm working on requires me to what requires. I'm watching a lot of Winona Ryder movies for research for a certain project.
2: Um, are and you, are you reading Winona Ryder's uh, biopic?
1: Maybe no. It's 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 a it's a work of fiction, but like it, it, her movies are like a check-in point. It's just a it's a structural device. Um, and w- I've seen many for movies before, including Little Women. I own a bunch of them. I've never seen Autumn in New York, and I'd always been told about how terrible it was. Mm. I finally watched it. And it's, like, literally every romantic trope that you hate is in this movie. Um, he's the, like, rich cold, doesn't do relationships well man. She's the pixie dream girl who like gets him out of his comfort zone and out of his shell. And, like Tells him to enjoy the moment and she's great with
2: children. But let me guess, she has emotional baggage too? She's she dying. Can- yeah, that's it. That's what I it knew, is. I knew that one was going to and,
1: and all you find out for the longest time is just that she's sick. They just say she's constantly, they always just say, she's sick. She's really sick. They finally say... It's, like, some really weird type of cancer. Where it's, like, it's a tumor that no one can actually locate. Um, but it's, like, apparently part of the brain. So you, your function everything.
2: And it's a floating tumor that affects a, the brain. i I'm, I'm, I'm familiar. Well, like,
1: they, <laughs> they say the name eventually, like, an hour and ten minutes into the movie. And I looked it up, and it's real. But it's, oh. like, very, very rare and not really how they... Like, when you watch Renona Ryder in the movie, you're like, you're the most glamorous cancer patient I've ever seen. Well, I mean... Excuse me? No, I'm looking at you, and I'm telling you, you're only second most glamorous. (laughs) If you didn't eat the eggs today, you'd be most... Fuck. But Elaine Stritch plays her grandmother. What? But, and then, there's another weird part where, like, he used to date her mother. Nope. When when he was younger. Shut it down. uh, I know, I know. It's, oh my god, it's all this shit. And Elaine, Elaine Stritch... Like tells her the story Ew, hate, about how she broke it up. It it's great. I don't want to hear it anymore. I hate this. I know, but it's just it's it's it's. Oh god! I don't even want this. Doesn't have anything to do with anything. Just that. <laughs> just like another Richard Gere just movie. That,
2: that's like 90s movies were fucked. Talk
1: about fucking problematic. Like, I, it's. Oh god! And like Vaseline on the lens to make it all. And he's got a subplot where you like think he's has a stalker with Vera Famiglia, but it turns out she's his like long lost daughter. It's crazy. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, 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 crazy. It,
2: this sounds like a
1: comedy. <laughs> it's. I it could be. That it could it be, be oh, better. Oh, Nona Ryder's character, like her whole deal is that she makes hats, but like you finally see that one of the hats she makes, and it literally just looks like she took a headband and put a piece of pipe cleaner to it, and like an origami bird. And she's like, "I made a hat." Oh. And sometimes, like that's not what I meant when My I wrote. Look, I made a hat. God. It's great. Everyone, check it out now. It's on Amazon. <laughs>
2: When I'm on uh, my uh, narcotics, I might watch this. Please do. I might watch this with my mom. Please do. This seems like something Sally and I would...
1: Because, like, it starts and you go, oh, it's not that terrible. Like, there are moments where you're like, this is fine. And then so many other moments where you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah.
2: Um, Many holes can sink great ships. You know all about that. In, with your many holes. I was about to say, speaking of
1: many holes, the share show.
2: <laughs> the share show. And I mean that in both the
1: women and the bottoms that are on that stage. Okay. So I'm going to little PSA everybody. You have to always go into a show trying to understand what it's trying to accomplish.
2: No. Oh.
1: That is the case with Beetlejuice, where yeah. you go and you're like, it's just trying to give me a good time. Like, I'll give it a few minutes to figure out how it's trying to do that and then see if I can go along with it. Yep. I'm not entirely sure what the share Show was trying to do. And I feel this way about all bio jukebox musicals these days. It really kind of started with Beautiful. Beautiful was like the template for this, but then every jukebox musical afterwards... Has, has like
2: dissipated from even that... To, I, yeah, I know what you're talking where about.
1: Where it's, yeah. it's the... It's... <sighs> All my greatest hits and the theme is always just every scene is you can't do that. You're a woman. You're a person of color. You're gay. And then the protagonist goes, watch me. And everybody goes, they did it. Following scene, rinse and repeat. Literally yeah. until curtain call. Right. And then there's usually a moment where they turn to the ca- or the audience and they go, you know, I've done a lot of things in my life. I sang. I danced. I overcame adversity. But now I'm standing here in front of you all empowering sentence moment for either women, gays, or black people, Hispanic people, Asian people, trans people, people in wheelchairs. Yes. And everybody in the audience goes, whoa, progression! And I sit there and I go, what? Yeah. And the share shows all of that in a bag of potato chips. Oh boy. Light potato chips, because everyone on that stage kind of thinks had a carb since 2017.
2: Quite thin. Quite, yeah, quite I've, th- re- I've, I've seen I've seen photos and some videos, and I, uh, even me, I'm like... Even eat cancer a, you. Eat a sandwich. Eat a, eat a damn
1: sandwich. I will say, talented folks on that stage. The talented. And all the Bob Mackey share clothes are just as glamorously Vegas as they were in the 60s and 70s. Sure. I will say, I think I talked about this on the Tony podcast. I was actually quite annoyed that he won costume design. Because all the things he designed specifically for the show that weren't her stuff, I found to be quite lacking. Like, all the ensemble members... I found their costumes to be like rather cheap-looking yeah, and ill-fitting. I agree. Um, and just like I found the choreography to be surprisingly sloppy. Who um, choreographed it? I think it's Chris Catelli.
2: Interesting. Um,
1: who like did such great work on Newsies and all of the stuff? The bar yeah. chair, I think, is great. Uh, this was just sort of like kick, split, cooter slam, twist, 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 twist. It was like a zumba class and a threesome all in one.
2: Well, we've all been there.
1: Haven't we? What Zumba class hasn't turned into a giant orgy in the end?
2: Honestly, sometimes not enough. Not enough. Uh, I've, I've left many a Yelp review. Many a Yelp review. Oh, uh, hi, Natalie Walker.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, but, oh, similar to Lindsay Mendez and Carousel, I am thrilled that Stephanie J. Block is now a Tony Award winner. Sure. I am not thrilled that this is what she won for.
2: Yeah, it, it definitely felt, um, once again, hugest SJB. SJB yeah. yeah. Like, hugest, hugest. Could not, and I have not seen the share show, but I will say there are certain Tony wins that feel like, this is for your body of work.
1: Slash, there's no one else this year that we'd vote over you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, the Tonys are weird, because like. There's a con. They only really do constellation prizes if there isn't any other major stiff competition in their eyes, anyway. Like Kelly O'Hara should have won for Bridges of Madison County, not just because right. she was phenomenal, but because it was her fifth nomination. Right. She still lost to Jesse Mueller right. because while Jesse Mueller was great, she also had all that buzz behind her. Yes. Um. I feel like if there was a Jesse Mueller and Beautiful kind of performance this year, SJB might not have won. Right. Um. But. Yeah, no, like, also a huge fan. You cannot find two skinnier gays in a room than me and John, who are as big SJB fans as we are. Yeah. But, like, she's barely in Act One, first of all. Really? Barely. Like, it's really more about the younger shares in the sure. first act, who are both great. The youngest one in particular, she's 19. Yeah, and she's, got... she's,
2: she's a baby, and I've heard she's uh, amazing.
1: Yeah, her and Sofia and Caruso, I just kind of want to kill them. Cause I'm like, yeah, let's kill them. How dare you be under 20 with these Broadway shows and just sing the way you do?
2: Yeah, um, all all these fucking Jimmy Awards walking around. So,
1: all these goddamn Jimmy Award winners. What, Broadway's filled with them.
2: Yeah, it's it's the new uh, it's, Jimmy Awards. Is the new black? <laughs> that it's, that sounded weird. Why I even go?
1: To, why uh, even go to college anymore? Just be a Jimmy Award winner. Tell me about your share show, babe. Uh, no, it's, I'm a gaman, and I'm and I love I do like share a lot. I love Moonstruck. Love the Witches of Eastwick.
2: Sure, um, never seen any of those. Have you ever seen Moonstruck? Nope. Bitch. I know I'm, seen,
1: I'm. very bad. Have you seen Working Girl at least? Nope.
2: Motherfucking,
1: bitch. Yeah. Oh, oh god.
2: Okay. I'm gonna. I'm going to show <laughs> up to your goddamn hospital room. I feel like we've gone over this. I have this thing about. 80s and early 90s movies where I just hate the color palettes and the fashion. And I can't get into the story because I'm like, this is ugly to look at.
1: I get that. I get that. Working Girl, you're going to have that problem for the first 10 minutes because they're all Staten Island girls coming over with their big hair. (laughs) But Working Girl is the most like... Progressively feminist movie of that decade I have,
2: I have heard that actually w- it, my, my best friend always screams At me because he loves Working Girl so much And he's like you just need to watch it and especially when Bob's Burgers did that Working Girl mm-hmm. Musical episode
1: I'm a working girl I know that entire Score I've watched it so many times Um yeah that You should you would like Moonstruck a lot as well Uh and share Cher, it's Cher's Oscar You can't be a true gay unless you've seen it Um Yeah, I don't know, like, the show just, it felt like it was trying to it was it was such a diva worship of her, which is fine in a way, but it also doesn't make it a compelling musical, because protagonists need to have some flaws to them other than the fact that, like, they chose the wrong person to marry for a short time. Right. Which is, like, that's Carol King's only flaw in beautiful like, Donna Summer's only flaw in the summer musical, quote unquote, is that she married the wrong guy for a while. It's like
2: well, well here's the I mean here's the tea from like some direct forces because I think I'm sure the reason why that is and because Beautiful suffered from it immensely and I know people who worked on that original production from the out of town into it and it's just tough because y- y- these people that um, are so used to being in the public eye are now being told like we're going to write a musical about you and then suddenly they have to To look at their life and look at their choices, and Mm. they go, oh, you can't put that in. No. And so it's crazy, because we keep letting this happen, but the people keep going, we just keep getting this uh, extremely squeaky clean version of the story, without conflict, without character flaws, without all these things, and that's why they're, that's, I mean, know how... Know how in a lot of those like jukebox musicals like they were so so big and would run for such a long time? I feel like I mean, Beautiful ran for quite a long time, but like, I'm share show just like quick turnaround. Like yeah. everything's just closing because this is not, it's not compelling. No. Well, so think
1: about it. All really kind of started with Jersey Boys when you think about it, because like Mamma Mia was huge, but it was a very different kind of jukebox musical, extremely different, different storyline. Right, exactly. It wasn't about ABBA.
2: It was about the best story that's ever been written.
1: Ah, fucking Lutely. Uh, Jersey Boys, no one knew what it was going to become. And at the time, like having a musical about your life was not necessarily looked at as like an easy way to make millions and millions of dollars. Right. And so all the four seasons being interviewed, like were very honest and upfront about their careers and their flaws, but, and cause they all interviewed each other separately you had all these conflicting stories of like who did what and and you had a lot more conflict and grit to it. And then the show became this huge success, but then after that everybody's like, Well, I want that too, but don't don't include that moment that I screwed that person over, or I said that thing. Like, it must be the most glamorous version of me. And that's fine for a minute, but it's none of them have lasted nearly as long as Jersey Boys, and that's really the reason why. Exactly. I think so as well. Yeah. If you go see Ain't too and it's also because these people are still alive. Yes, and have and have that. Um, well, except for Donna Summer, but like her family controlled the writing of that show. Right, um, and it's the same thing with Ain't Too Proud. The only member of the Temptations that's still alive is the one that is the main character of the show, and he comes out looking fucking squeaky clean. Yeah, and I'm like, this that's is, not a mistake. This
2: is why I am so adamantly against the Michael Jackson musical. You that's you-
1: the reason why. I I I I know. know, I know. I know. I've
2: gone over all the reasons a thousand times. I've been on the soapbox so many times, but Mm -hmm. like, the format's been set. I highly doubt the Jackson estate and the Jackson family, because of the way that they've already so many times publicly stated their views of the situation. We're going to get the most squeaky clean version of an of a sex offender on Broadway Mm -hmm. ever, and that's disgusting.
1: It is absolutely. I mean, so there with, you have yeah, it. no, and they say like, "Oh, we're gonna, we will address it." It's like, no, you won't. No, you're gonna address it in a way that the boys and their families are like money grubbing yep. leeches, and they're gonna not even be on stage. It's we're gonna, gonna, be gonna see
2: that. how tough that was for Michael to mm-hmm. deal with
1: that. And you know what it's gonna be? It's going somebody's gonna come on stage and go, "Michael, have you read the trades lately? People are saying this about you." Yep. Then they go off stage, and he's gonna turn to the audience and go, "When people said this about me, I thought." Yep.
2: Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, yeah. I I honestly have never thought about, like, picketing outside a show before. Mm. But every time I just see more and more announcements about it and, like, it, it, it's upcoming and these workshops and all this stuff, I'm just like, I would gladly pick stand it. outside and pick it. Yeah. I would gladly do that. Um,
1: yeah, I think I would, too.
2: Yeah. And we thought cancer was bad. Yeah. That's the other thing, too. Uh, could not recommend cancer enough because never had a fuck to give less fucks to give. Mm. I was telling a friend the other day everything that happened in Central Park and you know we're ha- a very very dear dear close friend and we're having a very intimate conversation and one of those monks came up to us with mm. those like kind of like shiny pendants that they hand out and I was once with Caitlin Kinnanen where they gave her one They're, and then she was like, "Oh, thank you." And they go 10 they were like, "Oh, it's $10." And she was like, "Oh, I only have a 20. Can I get changed They took the 20 and ran. And so All a scam. Of course. They came, this monk came up to me while I'm telling the story, burying my soul, shoves it in my face. I turn to them without missing a beat and go, no, fuck you, Satan. And I turn back and like tell my story because I don't have a fuck to give. No. You're a trash person. If you're a trash person. (laughs) No. And if I'm a trash person, I should be treated like a trash person. So treat me like a trash person, Matt. I do all the time. I peed on
1: you yesterday. Yeah, but it didn't have cum in it. (laughs) <laughs> brought it back around motherfucker yeah
2: we did something alright so you've all
1: been very patient we will wrap this up with the story that we hinted at earlier yes. I told John the
2: story before we recorded oh wait sorry I meant that I, I I didn't want to brag but we have to at least acknowledge it a little bit oh Thank yes. you, everyone, who's been so kind and reaching out to me and being so supportive and wonderful. And I have the best people in the world. But I also... If we could actually play the audio from this, this would be amazing. <laughs> but... Um, Friends of mine heard that Bernadette Peters was at Ain't Too Proud to Beg this week and cast members stopped her and had her record a video for me Mm -hmm. sending me good wishes for my surgery, to which Matt was like, well, fuck me. Like, nothing I will ever do will be good enough. And I was like, nope, nope. And Bernadette (laughs) Peters just uh, sent me a In case anyone was wondering,
1: yes, I absolutely did make John's cancer about myself. Yeah,
2: he always does. Always too. And
1: then on top of that, Michelle Williams watched your tribute to her.
2: Oh wait, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Um, so something just happened cuz my phone I guess wasn't having service, so I just got like 20 text messages in a row. Oh jeez. Not you could cut that out. Yeah, so Michelle Williams saw my tribute to her and I was featured in this article, um, which was really fun and surprising. The moral of the story is get cancer and really cool things happen to you. Absolutely. Okay, so let's take it back around, tell the story, close and, well, this bit And up. this also relates to cancer. So you can it does. Fi- you can find this
1: video on YouTube with Seth Rudetsky. Marissa Jarrett Winoker, who's the original Tracy Turnblad in Hairspray, was on Seth Rudetsky's like interview video for Playbill. And she talked about how uh, the first, I think it's the first reading of Hairspray, like a backers audition or something like that, she had just been diagnosed with breast cancer like the day before and uh, had to go do this backers audition slash reading, whatever. And Jennifer Lewis was playing Rotary Mouth Maybell in this. And if you don't know Jennifer Lewis, she's been around oh forever.
2: Uh, she can, also has the most iconic judging uh, sequence in on uh, drag, drag Race. Yeah. Like, literally, we were watching her, and I was like, why is she not a constant judge? She
1: should always here? be a constant judge. If you do watch Drag Race, she does uh, guest on it. And then uh, Shangela played her for Snatch Game. Oh, yes. Jennifer yes. Lewis. Yes. That's uh, She goes, yes. that's one eye, well, one end, one eye, and a whole lot of talent. <laughs> um, and that the truth is that that is what Jennifer Lewis is like. She is... Yes, she's been around forever. She's she's successful, and she gives no fucks, and she gives absolutely no fucks uh, because in her mind, like she is the greatest thing to happen to the planet Earth, and in some ways, she is. Yes, but like I do agree. you would think that she has had the singing career of Barbra Streisand, the acting career of Meryl Streep, and the business career of I don't know whoever the most business person is.
2: Like um, uh, Joe Business, Joe Business.
1: You would Joe think business that she's these people name. combined based on the way she talks about herself. So this woman's playing Motivant Maybell. National treasure, Jennifer Lewis. And Marissa Jarrett Winoker is like basically having a breakdown throughout the entire first act of hairspray because she was diagnosed with breast cancer the day before. Hadn't told anybody, but she's uh-huh. like crying her way through Good Morning Baltimore, crying her way through uh, I Can Hear the Bells. And everybody's like, what The fuck's going on? And nobody's coming up to her. But so they get to intermission. Jennifer Lewis drags her out into the hallway and she goes, you are on stage with Miss Jennifer Lewis. You need to get it together. And I'm obsessed. It's ab- amazing. And I can't then, like that, I've never
2: heard this. And
1: that's like the first part of a longer story with her, where she finally told Jennifer Lewis about the cancer. And like mm. that became a running joke with them. Was like Jennifer Lewis always telling her, "You'll never be as rich as me. You'll never be as talented as me. You'll never be as more famous as me." Um... And I told John the story. He was obsessed with it. So now that's become one of our running jokes. You're on stage with Miss Jennifer Lewis. You need to
2: get it together. We're going to say it all the time. You need to get it together. You guys need to get it together and get into it. Because we're the new Jennifer Lewis's.
1: We are the new Jennifer Lewis's. Get into it. Get it together. Get it together. Um, Normally I'd say we should close out with Jennifer Lewis. But I don't think there are any Broadway recordings of her. So. Are there not? No. I don't think. I don't know if she's ever actually done Broadway. Unless she, like, replaces Motormouth and Hairspray at one point. She's not... She didn't originate... The right, I know
2: where. she didn't originate, but there's not, like, a bootleg of it?
1: Maybe? I don't know. I don't want to play a bootleg. Yeah, I, that's not... Last time someone asked me to play a bootleg on the show, it was Kevin Duda, and it was not as fun as I wanted it to be. Sure. Um, uh, but, yeah, so we'll wrap this episode up. Uh, you'll hear
2: from me again quite soon, everybody. John so Yeah, but if you just feel like um, sending me just, like, um, gold... Do gold. it. Just <laughs> Just do it.
1: If you want to, if you happen to find, uh, I don't know, a Katrina Lank on the street, and ask her to, you know, wish John. Well, on his surgery.
2: I mean, it's it's been it's been crazy. Like I, I was saying, how how nice people are. I mean, I was even pushing my luck last night because you know they were like oh, you know come backstage afterwards at Wicked. So I stood on the stage with the Gersh one, but jokingly earlier in the day he was like he was like you know come on stage blah blah blah, and I was like, lol, and then I was like you know what I'm just gonna push my luck, and I was like if they need to know my weight for the alphabet lift, I didn't, no. but um. Well, that stagehand
1: went home by that point. <laughs> they weren't going to lift you up just because you had cancer.
2: I know. What a bitch. I mean, um, no, no, no.
1: Broadway doesn't do Make-A-Wish. That's Disney World.
2: I know. We were laughing, though. I was like, could you imagine some fucking 31-year-old, like, the article, like, 31-year-old <laughs> weird actor gets a Make-A-Wish uh, at <laughs> Wicked, Wicked the Musical. Just sit down on the cherry picker. yeah um, uh. So then, uh, Who well, should play us out? I don't know, We've don't had have... Stephanie play us out before, right?
1: Uh, I think, yes, we had Stephanie play us out because she did uh, Boy From Oz. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to think who we haven't had. Uh, what was
2: the first show you talked about? We could do uh, 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 Beetlejuice. We, we could, could, we we could get, get, do Leslie Kritzer.
1: Yeah, we could do Leslie Kritzer. Either
2: from Beetlejuice or from uh, La Galle Blooms.
1: Like Holly Blonde*, she doesn't like have quite a long enough solo in *Legally Blonde* to. Oh yeah, make it she worth did. It. She had
2: a longer one in *War and Peace* when it was before. Yeah, it was w- *Love and War*. Love and oh, War. That's, that's it. fair. I mean, which is just positive. in, in, in a in minor, minor key. <laughs> I know. Um, it's brilliant, Larry O'Keefe. It's, I love you. I
1: know, love it. Uh, we could do her. Actually, you know what? Let's do *Sophia and Caruso* because yeah. dead, *Dead Mom* is the bop of the season.
2: I agree. Yeah,
1: she's um, a bop. She's a bop. All right. So uh, thank you for listening, everybody. I'm sure I will truncate this quite a bit. Yes. Uh, yes. We will see you next time, and in the meantime, here's Sofia. I'm gonna and miss you
2: guys. Aww. Talk to you soon. So I bet I hope I don't die. Bye. Oh my <laughs> God, John! And now we're
1: sitting playing Dead oh, Mom. That is the worst thing. You... Oh please, that's you, up there with August. You would not covers.
2: be so lucky to have me die. No,
1: but <laughs> the way my luck's been going, you're gonna live for thirty thousand years forever. forever.
0: <laughs>